You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. As always, thanks for listening. Glenn Washington is the creator and host of the show Snap Judgment, heard here on NPR. He's also from the Detroit area, and I met Glenn first about 30 years ago when he and I were both students at the University of Michigan, working side-by-side at the Michigan Daily, the campus newspaper there. I was the editorial page editor. Glenn was one of the editorial writers. I'm really pleased to welcome him to the show today to talk about his work, his connection to Detroit, and an upcoming visit to the area. Glenn Washington, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you so much, Steve. And i got to say, though, first off, the idea that we're working side-by-side is a <laughs> A bit of a, a stretch. I'm very generous of you, but you were my editor, and um, that's true. Learned a lot from you, bro. Yeah, no, I learned a lot from you. I mean, that was the that was sort of the charm of of college newspaper. Was we were all sort of there together in the barrel, trying to figure out how not to to go over the edge, right? <laughs> a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about your background. I'm I, I'm a big uh, advocate of the idea that all great things ultimately come from Detroit, uh, and you fall into that category. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, my I was born in Detroit, and um, I, I left actually when I was young, about five or six years old. But um, my extended family. Um, is there, and that's kind of always been our home base for a lot of different reasons. We, well, the the the, the very short version is that I, my family decided to join a religious cult, and um, part of that, uh, one of their decisions in that was to go move out to the middle of nowhere. I lived in the thumb of Michigan for some time. I was right. like the, uh, had a, we were on a farm out there doing whatever you do out there, <laughs> and um, <laughs> and then moved all around Michigan. And uh, but uh, yeah, Detroit's always been my home base. Yeah, and and I feel like there is no snap judgment without that home base of Detroit. So much of the show really does reflect uh, that that sense of place, and the, the place is here in the in the state of Michigan. You tell stories about the University of Michigan, which I always, of course, appreciate because some of them I can sort of recognize or remember. But you also tell stories about your family, uh, and uh, that, of course, is here in Michigan. Yeah, I mean, I, I think of Detroit and my new adopted hometown of Oakland as kind of being a third character in Snap Judgment. I, about half of the stories that um, I open the show with, Snap Judgment is a storytelling show, but about half the stories we open the show with actually based in Detroit or the, or the region there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then from there, of course, you go and uh, get other people telling their stories, uh, which is a wonderful, wonderful structure for the show and takes takes us as listeners to all of these really disparate places and deep into people's lives and their thinking and their emotions. Um, tell me how you came up with the idea for this show. What is the sort of conceit behind Snap Judgment? Oh, boy. <laughs> the, the Snap Judgment has a really sort of interesting history, I think. Um, the... I mean, I, I was a big public radio fan. I was a, I, I love public radio, but I felt that the communities that I knew anything about were always being misrepresented or presented very, very poorly. Yeah. And I was not in media in any way, shape, or form. Um, I, uh, I was, I was running. I, I went to law school and I've been running a series of nonprofits 
for my, most of my professional career. And what happened was there was this thing of essentially American idol for public media. They said, who wants to be the next Ira Glass? The next Ira Glass, right. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's one of those things, like public radio listeners know this, because I, I literally participated just to preserve my right to complain. Um, because, you know, I was invested in my local public radio. And, um, and I just thought, you know what, it'd be silly for me to complain and not, when they, when they say they want to do something new, not give my two cents worth on it. Right. And it's like when the, when the teacher says, if any of you guys think you're, this is easy, why don't you come up here and do it? And right. you sit exactly. on your hands, right? <laughs> and that's a, that, that, I, all it was. I was like, hey, I'm, I'm going to keep st- steady talking nonsense, so I might as well go ahead and do that. <laughs> that's right. So, so what happened was I went on ahead, I put in a little submission and forgot about it. And three months later, I got a phone call saying I was one of 10 finalists nationwide. And really, after I thought um, it was my buddy Mark playing a joke on me. <laughs> so I, I, I like, I, I said, nice try. And I hung up the phone, went on about eating my Chinese food or whatever. <laughs> and they called back. said, oh, we don't know who Mark is, but do you want to do this? And from that process, from that point on, there's this, this contest, and it's like every week or so, they give you a challenge and then kick someone off the virtual island, so to speak. And um, I end up being one of the final three. And then they said, okay, go ahead and make a full pilot. And I did, and I and the, the guy, Mark, has been, who, um, who, who I thought was kidding around with me, he helped me. Yeah, and we worked. I mean, I never made any radio before, anything like that. I just worked and did my thing and did the best I could. And at the end of it, I thought, you know what? We did something. That's, that's you know, I, I was proud. I, I, we spent a week, basically no sleep, made this episode, went to went to bed. The next morning, I got a phone call from the contest, one of the contest organizers, and he said, "You have embarrassed me." You've embarrassed the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. You've embarrassed National Public Radio. And you've embarrassed yourself. Click. Oh, no. But that was Mark. <laughs> no, that was not Mark. I wish it had been. Yeah. Um, this is right. And, you know, the, the one thing about the contest was there's no prize. They never told you what you're going to get. And at this point, I, I, I heard this, and I was in a fetal position. Oh, no, I'll bet. <laughs> um, I didn't know. I didn't understand what they were going on about. And I, I didn't know anyone radio. And there's one person I'd met. Her, her name was Holly Kernan. She's a woman who was working as a news director here in San Francisco. And she um, gave me my first professional listen. listen. It was like the really amazing act of professional generosity. And she said, look here, you are nobody's radio producer. Um, which, you know, I didn't know anything about radio. Right. But, <laughs> <It's> <laughs> which like, is okay. no surprise. <laughs> yeah, I, I get this. But you're a really good storyteller. And she said, go and to make the fix the radio stuff, she gave me like kind of a minute-by-minute minute technical um, spec of what I needed to do. And this is kind of over Christmas time. And so we, I went on ahead and fixed it as best I could and turned it back in and – and then, like you know, again, I it was, that was again to, so we could sleep at night. Yeah, right. <laughs> and uh, but then uh, a few months later, they called me in and said uh, we like this show idea. And to make a very longer story shorter, they um, eventually the corporations for public broadcasting 
funded the first season of SNAP. Yeah, yeah, and it's been uh, enormously successful, not just uh, from a sense of popularity, but I think from a sense of achievement in that space uh, of storytelling, which, of course, is not an, it's not a space where you uh, exist alone. I mean, a lot of people telling stories on the radio now, uh, trying to be very much like Ira Glass at uh, This American Life. I feel like Snap Judgment is in a different space, though. It's such a different show than the others. Uh, talk about what, what distinguishes it from, from everybody else. Sure. So, this American Life, and I, again, much credit to Ira for doing what he did. He, you know, he was a pioneer in this space. Sure. He was actually, um, he's very been, he's been my fairy godfather in a lot of ways, and actually invested in the show um, early on. Mm-hmm. But, but th- we're, it's uh, very, very, very different in that Ira is probably one of the best feature reporters, feature reporters on, in the, on the globe. Sure, and that's what he does. He's he is a reporter. I am not. I'm no one's reporter. I'm a storyteller. Right. And so I get to, in a lot of ways, I think approach some of the same things, using some sometimes tools of reportage, but I, I'm not doing it from this, from that. When you, when you say you're a reporter, there's a lot of things that go into that. I think that, sure. at least that used to back in the old day, when old days when you have to try and be fair and, um, and unbiased. I don't a lot of that's gone away, but at the same, at the heart of reporting is that you you do have to try and you are apart from the story, and you're going into the story, and you're trying and you the story is essentially from your vantage point as the reporter. Yeah. And and from a storytelling perspective, our if we have an innovation, it's that we're trying very very hard to have the story unfold from the vantage point of the persons that are living it. And, you know, if someone tells me that their grandmother is a witch who cursed their son, and now they have to find uh, another witch to undo that curse. Right, right. Um, I'm not going to ask them about Wicca or <laughs> anything like that. I'm going to ask them what happened next? What is true to their experiences? That's their that's their reality, and I want to. At our best, we're it's a it's an like a, we're getting a new perspective on the world, and that's what we can do with stories: is take wherever anyone's coming from seriously, and say and tell us what happened, what happened next. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. I'm talking with Glenn Washington, the host and creator of Snap Judgment, which you hear uh, on NPR stations across the country, including this one, WDET, here in Detroit. We are talking about his show, his roots here in uh, southeast Michigan, uh, and an upcoming appearance that he is going to make here in the, the Detroit area. Glenn, you're going to be here in December, isn't that right? That is right. I believe it's December 9th. And I cannot wait for people to see this show. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, see it live. <laughs> yeah, see it live. This, it's a homecoming for us to to uh, to do it there to come 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 on back home. But um, this show, it's incredible. I, I um, this is not what you expect from public radio. One of the the things is that um, snap storytelling in general is very much intertwined with. Um, with the, the soundscaping and the music. Sure. 
And it's this, it's this pairing of, of, we call it kind of a dual narration, that you're getting um, the, the stories unfolding fr- um, from a musical and sound perspective as well as from a narrative one. And I'm so proud of this show. It is so hot. You're not going to, you're not going to believe it. Um, at the end of it, we, um, we just did the first, um, a run of it this past weekend and we're still buzzing from the reception that it had. I, I mean, and, and we didn't know that it was going to work because the, our music director, who is this um, a music God, he, um, did the music for some Pixar films and a bunch of other stuff. He is moved, he moved to New Zealand, making him unavailable for our, our tour. So we had to scramble and we've got this amazing group they're called Bell's Atlas. And they just, I'm just, again, I, I can keep gushing about this, Steve, but it's, it's hot. <laughs> um, one of the things about the music on the show, you guys use a lot of Jay Dilla, which is of course very familiar to people here in Detroit. Talk about that incorporation into the show. Yeah, this is, um, we, we, um, this music is very, very important to snap. And we actually employ three full-time music composers to essentially score every single episode of Snap Judgment, and they make their own original music and use others as well. But a couple of years ago, one of our producers, he said, look, I want to go um, back to Detroit and do this story um, on Dilla, I, they, um, on some of his lost tapes. And... I didn't know if it was going to be a good idea, frankly, because it seemed pretty open-ended to me, but he was so passionate about it that we said, okay, go on, do it. And he um, got to meet um, um, Jay Dilla's mother, um, uh, Miss Yancey, and the connection that they forged and the, it's just, it's it's a real testament to the producer, Pat Masidi Miller, who went there and they just, you could, um, it was just one of those human things. And Pat was able to capture that magic in a bottle and make a story about the connection between the mother and the son. And it's one of our most uh, downloaded stories of all time. Wow. Uh, wow. It's, called, yeah, it's called Jay Dilla's Lost Scrolls. And it's a, it's a Detroit story. I think it's a Detroit story that will make every Detroiter proud and um, hold that head up a little bit higher. Yeah, yeah. And, um, it's it's um it, it's everything it's everything good about the about Detroit. It really is. Yeah. Uh, before I let you go, I want to talk to you about uh, a slightly more serious topic. I know because we are friends on social media, and also because. Uh, I listened to the show that you, like everyone else, uh, are really aware of the sort of racial moment that uh, that I talk a lot about on Detroit Today, uh, sort of what frames that moment and what it asks of us uh, as as Americans, as African-Americans, as parents. Uh, and and I, uh, I recently came across an interview you did with Tanasi Coates uh, talking uh, some about uh, those uh, those those spaces, but but I'm curious uh, because you and I, as I referenced earlier, have known each other for a really long time. 
Both were students at the University of Michigan uh, at a time, at another really interesting racial moment. Uh, I'm, I'm wondering what you are feeling about that right now. And particularly, I'm wondering, because I know you're a father, I'm wondering what you tell your children about that. That's the challenge that has stumbled me up more than anything. How do you how do you talk your kids through it, first of all, but how do you sort of bring that sense of not only history, but uh, the present and the future and obligation to the next generation who hopefully won't have to deal with it, but probably will. Wow, Steve. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah. <laughs> Little question yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a it's a huge thing right now. And you know, I you know, woke up this morning to see a video of another murder of an unarmed black man Absolutely. Sure. on the street. And it's one of those things where my daughter is twelve, my son is about to be ten. And I I I, I am so in despair that I have to abort their innocence to some degree in order to show them the world as it really is. I think that African-American families in particular, we have to take those childhood glasses off our children before they are ready to have them removed. And it is horrible. Um, but I can't, especially, and you know this, as the father to a young um, brown boy, yeah. I can't have them take him. Right. I, 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 oh, the idea that he would be in danger um, from um, officialdom I, I guess I refuse to. I can't make that phone call to my wife. Right. I can't do it. I would perish. And so, yeah, I have to, I think, um, take those blinders off, sit them down, make them understand the history from which we operate. But this is a scary time. When you have a time when Kim Jong-il, Putin, the KKK, the Nazi party are all agreed on the same presidential candidate. Right. Right. That's the one thing they can all get behind. And that candidate is polling essentially even with with another one um, who, for all her faults, is not a fascist. I, yeah, I, I am... I fear for us. I mean, when, I mean, whatever happens, I think that the idea that this could be a possibility, but, you know, I, I think that we all sort of, you know, we see America as a, as a tapestry. We see its, its, its accomplishments, its goodness, and its faults. And honestly, as a student of history, I didn't think that fascism potentially was actually one of our potential pitfalls. I didn't think that this, I could see, you know, we, we both know about the Southern strategy and all of sure. We've always, there's a definitely a racial stain that's built into the framework of America. But this iteration of it, I must say, is stunning to me. Yeah. And 
it makes me it does make me fear and it makes me um really i think it energizes me to impart a certain thing not just on the show but to my own children certain worldview that we are all in this together that that these people who were trying to demonize i i so appreciate it, university of michigan for i because I, I have the background of going to islamic circle on fridays and yeah. dealing with the brothers and, and this type of thing i'm not muslim but i i think i think about the, the friendships i have with that community the friendships friendships that i now have with with uh all different types of people from all over the globe. And, and a lot of that happened within the context of, of Michigan. And I guess I wish some of that background and some of that, you know, no one's an other, no one really is an other. And I, I wish that more people, like we're going to, we're going to bomb them. We're going right. to bomb them, them and teach them a lesson. Yeah. Who is them? We've been bombing lots of folks, but, we don't, I don't know who them is, and I don't know unless we stop um, ordering the world in this ridiculous sense. I just don't know how we're going to move forward as a nation or as a planet. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Glenn Washington, creator and host of Snap Judgment. Thanks for being with us on Detroit Today. It's great to hear your voice. Thank you so much, Steve. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Uh, this Detroit is, love. Yes, absolutely. Always. <laughs> this is uh, Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. We'll be back after a short break.